you want an insight into the minds of the industry professionals, then there's only one place to be. One place to be. The Ins and Out Podcast with your host, Kane Silver. In this episode of the Ins and Outs Podcast, I speak to singer and actress Sophie Evans. Sophie is a performer from Wales who went on a TV show. She came second. It shot her career to the sky. She's gone from Tonopandi to Times Square. She's performed all over the world. It was a pleasure having her on the podcast. And I hope you all enjoy. Here is Sophie Evans. Boom. And we're in, motherfucker. Hi. Hey. Sorry, I didn't mean to call you motherfucker. <laughs> the audience will get it. I like you set the tone already. Yeah, it's cool. It's kind of just let you know there's no rules. Okay, good. We can say what we want. It's good. a safe place. But my mother probably will listen, so I'll hold it Hold my it tongue. back. Yeah, my parents like, you swear all the time. I'm like, it's an expression. Yeah. It's just a it's word. Cool. It's cool to swear. Well, <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Not too much. No. Um, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me. Uh, it's a bit of a stressful morning I've had, but I made it. I know. Bless you. Cardiff's been crazy. Cardiff's crazy. Thank you for waiting for me. You're welcome. Um, so, Sophie, you are a actress and a singer, right? Yeah. The singer okay. first or actress first? Singer, singer first. Singer Singing's first. my main thing, I would say. Your main thing. Yeah. So, I've done a bit of research on you, and I believe I've actually seen you in Wicked. Mm. Probably three years ago. Three years ago? Maybe, so maybe I f- before. I started in... July 2017. Oh, maybe not then. Oh, maybe just before. Just missed me. Just missed you. Oh. So I've seen it quite a lot. And a lot of my best friend was in it for like three years. Yeah. Who's so that? Kyle Anthony. Oh, I know the name. Yeah, yeah. You played um, Chistery. Oh, yes. I do know the so name. So I was like, maybe I'd seen you, but maybe not. Um, so I've done a little bit of research on you, but I don't know much about you. And I don't know if the audience will. Yeah. So I know that you play Glinda Garlinda. 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 Yeah. In Wicked. Um, but before we get to all that magical stuff, I want to know a bit more about you. So mm. if you could just tell us like where you're from and a bit about your background. Yeah, so I'm from Tonopandi, which is a place in the South Wales Valleys, where I loved, I loved growing up there. It's not got the best reputation, but when you're from there, you, you do just like slot in you're yeah. part of the community everybody knows who you are you know everyone's business uh-huh. which I quite like growing up growing <laughs> up like I knew what everyone was up to um and I was lucky I had two very supportive parents who would put me through um like drama groups and mm-hmm. things but only because I wanted to go there I didn't have pushy parents at all yeah it was always do you want to go whereas I had friends no names mentioned whose yeah. parents were like you're going. You're going. <laughs> you will make it. Yeah, this. you're definitely going. Because uh, me and my sister did it together. And my sister was like, I hate this. So <laughs> I was like, okay, you don't have to go. And I was like, I love it. I can't. Let's go yeah. again. Like Everyone look at me. <laughs> every, yeah, I was like quite, not a stagey kid, but I didn't mind the attention being mm-hmm. on me. I'd always put on little like um, skits in the living room and yeah. be like, sit down and sing at every party that was put on by my family. Um, did everything in school, like the drama groups, and uh-huh. just took part in everything that came my way. But I loved like amateur dramatics in my local theatre in in Trioke. and the quality of show was like really good. And looking back, I was so lucky to yeah. be like part of something in the community. Yeah, it was great. Um, was there a lot of like performing arts things where you, in Tonopandi? I'd s- I'd say yeah. Like they there was a couple of so I was a part of a group called Midron the Amateur Upper operatic amateur society yeah oh my god is, is it early no not even early um but there was like about six others 
that yeah. did the same thing um, and there was like 30 or 40 members in every one. So yeah, I'd say that's quite a lot yeah. for an area. Well, it's like, not a huge not area, is it? It's not a yeah. city. Yeah, so I was luck- really lucky. Did you, um, did you always know that you wanted it to be a career or was it just a hobby? Did you ever have the idea that it could be a career? Yeah, I did. And I had enough people that believed in me giving me the correct like inspiration it wasn't like you will do this it Mm -hmm. was like the opportunity then if you work hard enough and the right place at the right time because luck is obviously a massive thing in in our industry as well being you know the face that they want and things but I was under the impression that if I did work hard enough and dreamt big enough that Mm -hmm. it was actually possible um and as I say I just went for every opportunity that came my way and it kind of worked out. But I was also not delusional and thinking, this is going to be easy and I definitely will be a singer. Mm-hmm. I had other options if if that was the case. If that was the case. What would those other options be, do you reckon? I mean, I love kids and um, teaching would probably have been the thing I went in, in for. Uh, I remember going to my careers advisor and she was mm-hmm. like, I was my, maybe 14, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to be a singer. And she said, yeah, okay. What else do you want to do? And I said, uh, teacher, I think. I don't know. I like kids and I like to inspire people. Well, it sounds really cheesy, but just to, like change the mindset of children from what's the point to there is a point. And mm-hmm. um, so probably something with children, whether it would be a drama group or a drama teacher. Oh, lovely. Yeah. I had the same experience when I was 14 with my career advisor. Like, mm-hmm. what are you going to be? I was like, I'm going to be a dancer. And like, what's your plan B? Yeah. And I'm like, I don't have one. Yeah. And they're like, then we can't help you. And I'm like, but you're a careers advisor. I know. Like, and there's just no, not even any. Well, if you if you are gonna try and do this, this is the way you should do it. Yeah. You know, they were just t- taught how to tell you how, in their eyes at the time, not to be a binman mm, and to try and be a I doctor yeah. or you know. Which of course is amazing, and that's the other thing. When I talk about, I like to inspire kids. It's not to like inspire them all to be singers is inspire them to find something that they're good at and that they enjoy. But, um, and I do understand the careers advisor would be like, um, okay, I don't know anyone who's a singer, so I can't help you. Yeah. So what else do you want to do? <laughs> yeah. um, and that's understandable, but I didn't take didn't take any notice of it. No, no. So it wasn't holding you nah, back. I didn't become a teacher. Um, what was your first, like, stepping stone, I guess, into starting this as a career? Um, I'd say... I went for the X Factor when I was 14, uh-huh. which was cool, really good experience for me. I know like other people have done it and it's been awful, but I got to boot camp and got to sing on a stage and just meet these people that wanted to do the same thing as me and just get a little bit of experience of mm-hmm. what that kind of world would have been like. Um, and then I just went back to school and continued studying all the things. I love music, drama. Mm-hmm. I did PE and English, so a bit random, but... Um, then the opportunity for Over the Rainbow, the TV program, came along. Mm-hmm. And I heard about it on the radio, Elaine Page on Sunday. And the auditions were in Cardiff. And I thought, just go. You've done other things like this in the past. Every opportunity is a good opportunity. Even if you mess up, you learn to not do that again. Yes, that's what I say yeah. to everyone. Every like, experience is an experience. You just learn, yeah. don't do that again. I've messed oh. I've messed up a lot of times. It's my the phone. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I've messed up a lot of times in auditions and in performances, uh-huh. which is even more scary. But um, yeah, so that audition came around and just flipped my life on his head. I left. I I remember going to my head teacher and saying, "I'm going for this audition for Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz." 
And I mean, the other programs I'd been on, like I'd do anything looking for Nancy in the Joseph program. So I knew exactly what I was letting myself in for, but didn't expect to get through. And my teacher was like, that's really cool, yeah. And I said, I'm going to need two days off school. She was like, no problem, go. And then I said, if I get through that round, I need a week off school. And then if I get through that round, I don't know if I'll be coming back. She was, <laughs> she was thumbs up. She was like, go, enjoy. She was so supportive. So Helen O'Sullivan, shout out to shout you. Shout out to you. <laughs> yeah. Did she come and watch you? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Loads of times. Good. And still continues to come to things now. Good. Um so how old were you when you did that? My if you were still in school, you must be under 16, right? My first audition, I was 16. So I was doing my AS levels. Mm-hmm. And then I turned 17 on the show. So I have no A levels. How was that experience? Obviously, you'd done X Factor before it. So if you got to boot camp, you kind of seen what TV life was like. Mm, yeah. How did you find it? Obviously, the deeper you got into the... Look, at the time, mm-hmm. I just took it at face value. I didn't yeah. question anything that I was asked to do. I was 17, just happy to be there. I was living this, well, not so much glamorous lifestyle, but what I perceived as glamorous, getting my makeup done on a Saturday, because mm-hmm. yeah, got through to the live shows, and you'd get your hair done, your makeup I've, done. Yeah. I've got an Adley. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I've got an Addison Lee picking me up, like, that's cool. Um, and then you'd get your outfits picked, and it was really, you know, fun for a 17-year-old girl who was just doing her A-levels. And yeah, it just got crazy after that. And the TV side of it, the only moment I remember thinking, oh gosh, this is a TV program, was, um, so the third week, one of, so every, I don't know if people remember it, but when you left, you went off on this crescent moon, like into the sky, singing over the rainbow, you'd taken your shoes off, giving them to Lord Andrew Lloyd Webber, like crazy, <laughs> and then uh, we would all be on the stage looking up at them and helping them sing along mm-hmm. and the first few weeks we would all be bawling crying our eyes out thinking this is traumatizing losing you because you were friends we lived together in a yeah. house in london um your friend was leaving and their dreams were crushed and we had a little chat with our acting coach we had a singing dance and an mm-hmm. acting coach that would teach us through the, out the week and the acting coach sat us down and said look girls you know, your friend is leaving. It's her last chance to sing, show off, show what she can do. You need to be strong for her. So mm-hmm. don't cry, you know, cheer her on. And we were like, yeah, cool, let's do that. So week three comes, one of the girls went and we were all like, that. yeah, go on, sing. The producers the next day call us in. What the hell was that? And we were like, what? <laughs> Looked like you all hated her. Why when you cry in? Like, yeah, where did the, the emotion nice, go? The nice Dorothy's. Yeah. And we were like, um, well, we kind of got told to be, you know, supportive rather than have a breakdown, you yeah. know, because our friend was leaving. Well, albeit the next week we cried again. Yeah, we, we can be normal again now. Yeah, we would, yeah it's so weird. But, and you, that's when the moment I realised, ah, this is a TV ah, this program. this is a TV show. Yeah, they and wanted to look good as well as be an experience for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember doing X Factor. Did you? Yeah, dance, dancing, oh, not yeah. singing. Maybe that's what I've seen you. 100% not singing. Maybe. I was dancing on it. And uh, I remember we'd rehearsed this number. I've told the story a few times, but it blew my mind. We'd rehearsed the number for Cher Lloyd. Um, and we'd, we'd done overtime every day because we wanted it to be like the best number. Yeah. And it was whip my hair back and forth by mm-hmm. Willow Smith and boom, shake the room. Cool. And it was unreal. And the night before the live show, we did our tech rehearsal and Simon watched over a monitor. Mm-hmm. He wasn't in the studio, yeah. but he'd watched over a monitor. <laughs> and uh, he sent his assistant in, Tim. I think his name's Tim Byrne. Tim, lovely guy. He came in and spoke to Brian Freeman and was like, basically, that's not going on stage tomorrow night. 
because it was so good and it was so much better than all the other numbers and I believe that obviously they didn't want her to do yeah. as well as the you know they've got well, their I mindset on who's going to win because what they can sell it's a TV show of, of course. course it is so we scrapped the whole number and the next morning we were in at 7am to learn a whole number to perform that evening for oh her my and God. it was trash oh like compared God. to what we'd done you know and in my yeah. head I was like what I've just that's done this every shame. like every night for the past week yeah. you know the time there that's when a, I was yeah. this is a TV show there was another moment so um, Stephanie Davis who uh, is now in Hollyoaks mm-hmm was on the Dorothy program. That's how she, that's the first thing she ever did. That's how <laughs> she got into it. And I mean, her life went crazy after that. And she, I do speak to her now and again. And I'm really happy that she's, you know, mm-hmm. back in Hollyoaks and on the right track and everything. But she got given a song. I think it was Mr. Bojangles. And everyone was like, that song is cursed. Every time <laughs> someone has sang that on any reality show, they leave. Yeah. And we were all going, oh, shut up. Like, she's one of the favourites. Yeah. This was like week five. So she definitely shouldn't be going this week. And we were like, no, she's not going to be in the bottom two. She's not going to go. She was. And she went. And I was like, whoa, Whoa. this is like Illuminati. What is going on? (laughs) Something. Yeah. Conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories of TV shows. (laughs) We should write a book on it. I I bet you could go in. (laughs) Yeah. I probably never book again. (laughs) No. Well, I don't think I ever will after these. But it's okay. I've had a a good time. Yeah. Um, So uh, how did, did you... You were a runner-up on the show, yes, right? Yes, I came Angela. second. You came second. How yeah. did that feel? It felt right. It felt like that's how it should have gone. Yeah. I rem- I've i spoke about this a few times um, with people that when it came to the final, there was three of us in the final. All of our families were there. The spotlight was on us all. Mm-hmm. Wales, and I'm so, I don't know if you feel like this, I feel very lucky to be Welsh. And oh, the support 100%. Is, Got daffodils on my arm. Yeah, like, have you? Oh, yeah. nice. The support is constant. So when I was on that show, they really latched on and supported me. And on the evening, I thought, gosh, there's so much pressure on me to do mm-hmm. well. And I was 17. I thought, right, if I win this, I'm moving from Wales. I do eight shows a week with no training whatsoever. People will, will be paying hundreds of pounds at a, a ticket mm-hmm. to come and watch me. Can I do that? Like, I don't think... I've been singing once, like, a couple of songs on a Saturday. That's very different. Different to a whole show. I didn't want to win, honestly. I remember coming down the stairs on the stage to meet Graham Norton in the centre for the winner to be revealed, thinking, Mm. I don't want to win. I can see my family (laughs) in the audience thinking, I just want to go home with him after this. This has been really fun. I just want to go home and, like, do my levels and just, you know, I don't know. Um, The reality became terrifying. Um, And, obviously, the girl who won Danielle's name was called, and I thought... I'm so happy for her and she's going to do great. She was a year older than me, which is still extremely young. Yeah. But she had like a different maturity about her. Um, I mean, I think she traveled a lot more than I mm-hmm. had and just had a little bit more experience. And I thought, this is right. You should, you're going, you needed to win and you're going to do great. And then the next day came thinking, oh, I'm just going to go back to school and this has been amazing and it's a really good platform for me when I do mm-hmm. eventually want to go to drama schools. And I had a phone call from Andrew Lloyd Webber. My mother answered. And he was going, hi. And my mother went, oh, it's Andrew. Yeah. Like, you know, everyone shut up. And even though Norm was speaking. Um, and she was going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah mm. And then she came off the phone and she went, he still wants you to be Dorothy. And I was like, what? What do you mean? That's brilliant. And you're going to, he was saying, they have an idea that they're going to put you in drama school for a couple of months beforehand. You'll do every Tuesday or mm-hmm. one day a week. And it'll be like Welsh Welsh Tuesdays and you'll do all the holidays. You'll be the alternate. And I was like, that's perfect. 
that's I could do yeah. one show a week. Yeah. Like that's amazing. It's not gonna kill me. It was for me the perfect way to break in, um, and skip. I mean, I went to Art Ed for a couple of months, and the training was. Is amazing. that where they sent you? Yeah. So mm-hmm. Andrew's a like the patron or the president yeah. of the school. So we we both went there actually. Danielle went to second year, but I went to the first year because I had no dance training mm-hmm. at all. So to go into a ballet class at seventeen. With all these amazing girls in the late house. Like, I had to buy all the kit and I just yeah. didn't have a clue. And that's a vulnerable age, isn't it? Because it's like, you're not quite an adult yet, no. but you're definitely not a kid anymore. No. So it's like, the part where you're like, uh, new things are weird like, at this age. I turned up in, you know those jazz trainers? Yeah, like a block jazz shoe. Yeah. Like, split soul. With a split, yeah. yeah. And everyone was looking at me like, who's this girl? From dancedirect.com. Yeah. <laughs> and I went, when... That was on the list. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> and I had like white, my, I had to get jazz like daps and I got white ones. I don't know oh. why. And everyone's in black. And I was like, ah, this is horrendous. This is a killer. But it was f- like, you know, three months. It's, it's amazing what you can do in three months. And the training was exceptional. And it really did give me a, just a taste of how hard it could be. The show was a lot easier than, than what you were than practicing. College. Honestly, the college was hard. Like nine till five. I remember I used to eat like a Mars bar every day. Yeah. Because I was so stressed. Yeah, I need sugar. <laughs> I need sugar. I've just done four dance classes in yeah. a row. What the hell? It's good for my portal bra. Yeah. Uh, God. What was it like learning to dance and stuff for the first time? Was that? Completely alien to me. I mean, on a night out, I am amazing. Yeah, of course. I think anyway. Eight Sambuca's in. Eight Sambuca's in. <laughs> Sean Paul. And yeah. I am basically world class. But... In a ballet room, <laughs> ballet bar, and that steamy, sweaty room. Oh, and the pianist, I, the pianist playing. I just found it quite comical. Yeah. And I think there's a TV program in that somehow, just following me being crap at ballet. But I remember the ballet teacher looking at me and going, darling, you're not built for ballet. I yeah. thought, no shit, Shirley, and her name was Shirley. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I know. I'm crap. <laughs> I, and I was like, I'm doing my best here. I've got these long arms that just want to do their own thing. <laughs> And uh, no core strength at all. But, uh, you know, after three months, I could do a pirouette. Yeah. Which I, was all I, I really relate. My ballet teacher used to do the same. He used to call me Shrek. Shrek? Go, oh, my God. He used to go drum, jump Shrek. I'd be like, I'm fucking trying. What? Like, yeah. That, I, a lot of people think it's like it has to happen. It, you have the worst at college. So then when you're going through the real world, if that happens, you're, you're, you're prepared. Yeah. I've never come across anyone speaking to me like that in real life. though. Not in real life. No, no. neither have I yet. No. But if they did, uh, at the time, leaving straight away, I would probably have gone, yes, as they said. Mm-hmm. But now 10 years in, if it happened, I'd be a bit mind blown. Yeah, there's no need to, there's no need. I've I, seen I, a few people get grilled. Yeah, I think the, the whole thing about college is they want to break people down to build you back up. But I mm-hmm. feel like they break a lot of people down and don't actually build them back up. They break you down and then you go, they, they expect the real world. Sink or and swim. it's like, some people are left broken. Yeah, well, I know the people, lots of people I went to college with, the most talented ones, which should have had a career, couldn't hack it. Like, yeah. they couldn't hack. Once they left college, it was like, what? Well, no one's going to give me instruction on what class I'm going to take or mm. no one's going to guide me through it. And I think that's the biggest mistake with college is that they speed, they spoon-feed you so much yeah. that when you leave, the reality is that there's no one there to tell you what you should and shouldn't do. You have to be able to make them decisions for yourself. Yeah. There should be, yeah, there should be a class of some kind where you have to use your initiative or I don't know what it would be. No. But just put you in a real life situation. I know they do like mock auditions and things, but 
Well, it's like things like if, say, I used to skip ballet all the time mm. with the guy who used to call me Shrek because I used to think he's a dick. Yeah. <laughs> His name's Rob Bell. Shout out. Yeah. <laughs> You're a dick. Oh my I God. made it. Yeah. You can <laughs> you do never what said it. You, you never want. said I would, and I did. Yeah. Um, But then, hey, maybe that did push me and help me in a different way that I'm not aware of yet. But yeah. I always used to try and skip it, and they'd always give me grief for not going. Mm. But rea- the, rea- the reality is that if I wasn't going, I was making that decision for myself. Mm. So you should let me suffer the consequence and yeah. treat me like an adult yeah. because I'm 18. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Not yeah. like a 14-year-old kid in school going, why haven't you gone? You have to go every morning. Mm. Because the only person that's going to suffer from that is me. I was saying yeah. to, um, I was teaching this week and I was saying I did a, I went to Millennium for like six weeks. Yeah. And then I dropped out because I hated it. <laughs> um, and I went to my first ever tap class. And the teacher said to me, you've got to do this rhythm pattern or whatever yeah. to the whole class. So everyone was doing it and they were all relatively good and I couldn't tap dance for my life. So I just kind of did house steps because mm-hmm. it's similar. It's all about rhythms yeah. and made the noises that she wanted it to make. And mm-hmm. she was like, what was that? And when I did the rhythm, she went, that's not tap dancing. You've gotten a rhythm. And I went, cool, fuck you. And I walked out. Ooh, but yeah. 10 years later, the only person that suffered from me walking out is me because yeah. I'm the 29 year old that can't tap dance and i wish i could yeah do you know what i mean yeah, yeah. whereas they let me suffer the consequence and now i regret it yeah. but it's good because i know that and i've learned it yeah as opposed to totally get back in there because mm. they're not going to make those decisions like i'd never do that now yeah you know what i mean if mm-hmm. i was crap at something or someone grilled me i'd go hold it together there'll be a benefit from sticking it out mm-hmm. you know yeah what I, mean? to- I totally agree i mean i couldn't tap <laughs> oh my god i used to take me both three months to learn to do a pickup step which is like let's just make one sound yeah i don't think i can still do that it's like my fat chubby ankles just wouldn't relax no i can shuffle with my right foot and that is it i look like a tap dancing cow <laughs> like, it was yeah. like there's no movement <laughs> whatsoever oh i do yeah I, but it, what it did make me do was fully appreciate dancers mm-hmm. on a completely new level i used to appreciate street dance and yeah. uh you know the back the back and that's on the x factor cool like stuff that. Cool, like really cool like yeah crumping yeah. and whatever yeah. uh you know uh what's that film with channing tatum was like step up oh my god like yeah. that was but then you know they bring contemporary into it and it's cool but um <laughs> ballet and tap i was like wow these people are machines ballet yeah. especially i'm just like whoa yeah the, the strength especially in the guys yeah it's amazing. Well, I remember they always used to be like, look at the ballerina's legs and look at the footballer's legs. Who's yeah. a muscle? Yeah, and I'd be like, ballerinas, yeah. you're right. It's I mad. still don't think it's cool, but no. you're right. <laughs> the tights are so tight. Yeah, they're really tight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I can see too much. Way too much. Um, yeah, so after you did your three months at Arts Ed, and then you went straight into shows? Yeah, so finished there at Christmas and then we went into rehearsals. So we went mm-hmm. six weeks of rehearsals because it was a brand new show. Um, and it was just awesome to be in the room, to be fair, because I was alternate. And again, everything that's happened to me, I'm, I do feel so lucky because it's made me think in a way that I wouldn't if I had won. Mm-hmm. If I had won, everything would have been given to me on a plate and I would have been the star and done everything in rehearsals I just sat down in the room and watched and mm-hmm. listened to the director and learned the script and learned everyone's lines like at one point in the rehearsal room say the scare- guy was playing scarecrow was having a costume fit in I slotted into the scarecrow Brilliant. and I mean that kind of experience it doesn't come doesn't ever happen no. you don't get to m- muddle in and just get on with it and you know because there was no pressure on me when I was doing the scarecrow because I'm not the scarecrow but I'm yeah. still learning yeah. I'm learning about how it works and and like stage directions and all sorts. And then I think when, so then the show actually started and I would do every Tuesday. And I mean, the buzzer on the first night was 
immense and uh-huh. I was an emotional wreck and there was about 3,000 Welsh people in the London yeah. Palladium uh-huh. even though only sits 2,000 no, there was like you know a couple of <laughs> hundred outside they, they, they were literally yeah, big screens in Hyde Park um, uh, so it was really cool to have all, all the support there and then I ended up being on for the full week because she actually was the girl who won was ill for a week so I did eight shows in my first week oh wow <laughs> so but, but the, th- the not knowing every day if I was going to be on was like I just didn't think, oh, you've done eight shows. I just went, right, okay, I'm on again today. Yeah. And by the end of the week, I was like, I've done eight shows. And I was, like, wrecked. Yeah, brilliant. My t- I had to speak in an American accent. And you wouldn't believe how speaking in a different accent hurts your tongue. Especially it's so tongue- different to a Welsh accent. I know. My tongue muscle was like a rock. I was like, oh, my God. I, can't, I literally can't talk. So they set me like, vocal massages and whatever. And then when the days I was off, I didn't have to be in the building. I had, like, a cut-off time. I can't remember what it was, but um, now and again, I would just come in and, you know, refresh because doing it only once a week, you know, yeah. want to just keep it in my mind. And I would like go to the different departments and learn about those. So I was basically an honorary wiggy. I used to set wigs and I'd go to the sound department and be like, you know, do you want me to put the mics in the pockets for the people yeah. by the dressing room? I just wanted to learn everything. I think because I was so young. I was like, I just want to know exciting, everything. Isn't it? So exciting. I lived in the worst house ever, <laughs> like a horrible rundown house. But even that was good experience. I used to cry in the bath all the time. Yeah. Like, I hate this house, <laughs> but I'm in London living my dream, so I just have to get on with it. And then, you know, when I got a nicer house and a nice house, there's... That's yeah, you have to like stick it. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, you appreciate the nicer houses yeah. from living in with the no mice. It was yeah, nice. I lived in Lewisham for a long time, and mm. I remember being like, I used to call it Guys Cliff Mansion because <laughs> I lived there with my friends, and at the time, we loved it. And now yeah. I look back, I'm like, every more every wall was covered with mold. Yeah, like, like just a slime. It everywhere. was just gross. <laughs> but realistically, at the time, I was so distracted and had so yeah. much other things going on, I hadn't even noticed. Yeah, exactly. You just have to take the rough with the smooth. Um, do you find that? Because you were there, obviously, only doing one show a week, mm. where you didn't have the pressure of doing everything and you could go around and f- learn all the other positions that are in the company, how much more respect did it have you for other people outside of just the artists? Massively. And you hear horror stories of performers not treating other departments the way they would treat a performer. And I just mm-hmm. find it I, so alien to me. I just don't... I, my brain doesn't work that way. Um I'd hear things like, oh, yeah, this this actress made a wiggy cry. And I think, what the hell did she say? Yeah. And then I'd like hear the story and think, and I knew would know that person and be like, I've never seen that. And I find that terrifying to like know a person and then hear a story about them and think, I don't connect the dots with that, those two situations. Mm. Um, so I pride myself on, I don't, I don't actively try and treat everyone the same. I just, it, it just somehow happens. comes naturally. To, and I'm, I, I'm grateful because some people just don't find it natural to treat everybody the same and you know if the wiggies aren't there I don't get a wig put on if the sound guy's not there no one can hear me like if you know everyone is there for a reason and I respect I always think of the techies I'm always like shit they're here before me oh and they li- and they leave yeah. after me yeah. and i'm tired and you know during the show they're not sat down doing no. nothing even though we're the ones performing yeah they're still moving sets around or preparing the next thing or cleaning for the next scene change it's mad and i always go wow like they're really underappreciated they are do you know what i mean the like people in the back yeah in the blacks yeah that no yeah. and don't get any appreciation don't no. get any love no <laughs> i know <laughs> I always feel Try, uh, shout out to everyone who works behind the scenes on anything yeah because they're the awesome. ones that help make the magic happen right yeah because without them 
alphabet won't fly. Won't fly. Yeah. <laughs> like and sometimes she doesn't, but it's not their fault because <laughs> the machinery stopped working. They would put her on their shoulders if they could, but health and safety. No. So what happened after? So after Wizard of, Wizard of Oz, so I was there for just under two years. I took on the role then after a year full time, mm. which was really cool. Um, and I worked with like Michael Crawford was our first wizard. Then we had Russell Grant, which was a bit random, creator of Michael Crawford, but he was great fun. Yeah. Brought something. He'd just been on Strictly, so they put like a little dance in it. Him, so it's, you know, <laughs> all for the for the public. And then Des O'Connor was our last one, who was such a gentleman. And at yeah. the time, I think he was eighty. Wow. And he was doing eight shows a week. He didn't have a day off. How? <laughs> 80 years old. And he did have a seven-year-old son as well. So he was, yeah, incredible. So that finished and the world was open to me again. And I just got new agents and they had all these ideas for me. And I was like, cool, this is amazing. And I was super lucky because I landed a role in a film like mm. the week before I left the show. Nice. So I went for the auditions and it was for a part in The World's End, which was the third part parter of the what's called the Conetta trilogy the Simon Pegg Nick Frost film so Shaun of the Dead oh, yes. World's End they're like yes. the trilogy I, there is a reason it's called the Conetta trilogy but I won't go into that um, and I was like I love Simon Pegg love Nick Frost this is going to be so cool and the part was it was a small part but it was quite featured and yeah. I had to do really cool things with night shoots um, it was eight, I had to like wear 80s like makeup and stuff and had to like pretend to be this weird like alien robot thing <laughs> and it was just crazy but it was the best experience ever and I'd love to do more films actually um, and then after that was lots of concert work I did an album when I was 21 which was really cool and then I, la- I got involved in a show called Lord of the Dance, mm-hmm. which is obviously a massive Irish dancing show. Mm-hmm. It's been going for nearly, I think it's nearly come up to its 25th year. Yeah. And they have a singer in the show, and they asked me to go in for an audition, and Nadine Coyle had been doing it from Girls Aloud, and they said, do you want to come in and have a little go? I said, yeah, cool. And it was the weirdest thing ever, because they asked me to do a trial show. So not just an audition, I did an actual show but it was an audition But it was show. like an audition. That like, is mental. I know. I was like, this is, this is not normal. And they, to be fair, they, they... So you've already rehearsed then? Yeah, rehearsed and learnt the songs, tried on the costumes. So I'm assuming it was paid. No. No, 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 not paid. <laughs> Can you come and do a trial show? Can you show? come and be an apprentice for yeah. me, please? I was like, do you know what? <laughs> okay, yeah, no problem. And now I'm older, I don't really take anything for free. Unless Hell it's no. like... Like, unless it's life changing yeah. unless Michael's coming out of his grave and going to do a moonwalk for yeah, me yes, <laughs> like. definitely but I know that people have budgets and that's fine and if my friends ask me to do things I do favours absolutely friends is different friends is production companies is a whole other conversation oh yeah exactly so I did that anyway yeah. and they liked me and it was like great we're, and they were like yeah we want you to do a couple of weeks in London uh-huh. and then we want to send you to Broadway and I was like, okay, that, that one show was actually really weird. Oh, so yeah. it was life-changing. Yeah, I got to go was. and live another dream. And we did three months on Broadway. And my job was so easy. I sang three songs in lush dresses while all the dancers, like, work their cars to you got to, to stay death. still. I got to stand there and, like, get a round of applause and, like, bow at the end. Yeah. So I was going out all the time, like, in New York, thinking, this is a breeze. Yeah. I'm having to, like, I can party out work like not even yeah. <laughs> and just really enjoy it and then that finished at a couple of months I mean in between all this there's a couple of months where yeah. I'm not doing anything which I don't know you probably understand yeah, yeah. there's a lot of like 
snowy pages on that diary sometimes. But um, a lot, absolutely. Yeah. A lot of yeah. question marks. Yeah. Uh, what are you doing today? Yeah. How do I pay Showering. that bill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Where does the money come from when yeah. I don't work? Um, and they said, yeah, that once that's finished, you'll have a couple of months off, and then we're going to do an American tour, which finishes in the Coliseum at Caesar's Palace in Vegas. Very nice. I was like. This is amazing. Yeah, that free show paid off, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to travel the world yeah. and sing in these amazing venues. So we started on the East Coast. I just mm. did a little compass. Yeah, on compass. the East Coast. Um, and we did like Boston and mm-hmm. uh, All the Florida. cold places. Yeah, all mm. this side. And then we went through, went to Texas, went up the top, went to like Chicago. Did like... Who gets to travel through how, America? How dope is America when you um, travel I there? Honestly, I love it. I could live there. It's the only other place I could live, I think. Yeah, a lot of people I know, they fly when they go do America. Mm. And I did America, but I did it on a bus. I did too. Oh my God. 13 hour travel days. Yeah. But I was like, I would never have seen the culture. Exactly. Because every airport looks the same. Yeah. And you'd stop in a gas station. And I remember when we got to Texas, I saw a real life cowboy. And yeah. I, he had a gun. He had like chaps on, a cowboy hat, a little waistcoat. And I was like, we had a couple of Americans Woody. on the tour. <laughs> I was like, that's, John Wayne, what? <laughs> I said, this is normal? And he was like, and my American friend was like, yeah, he's like, you got a gun <laughs> on his leg. Yeah, in Wales, you're going to prison for yeah, that. Yeah, like, that is not, That's he's not like, okay. yeah, no, no problem. But each state is like a different country. It's yeah. amazing. Uh, West Coast is my favorite, though. We finished uh, over there, we did LA, did San Diego, and then Vegas was Michael Flatley's last show. Mm-hmm. So he was on the tour with us. Definitely didn't travel by bus. No. <laughs> no, but... um. I mean, it was amazing. I got to be on his last show in the Coliseum where, like, my idol, Celine Dion, had a residency. Uh-huh. Like, I've been so bloody lucky. It's going to run out. Is The luck's going to run out. Well, I think it doesn't run out. I just think it changes. Yeah. And I think what, we, what we're going to seek and what we desire changes. Because yeah. normally, you don't chase the things that you've done, right? Yeah. Like, once you've ticked those boxes, you don't keep going. I want to keep doing that that yeah. thing. You go, yeah. how do I progress to the next thing or do yeah. in, be more involved or less involved but do the same thing. Yeah. So I've done many little things around that, little um, like Christmas thing. I've worked on mm-hmm. in Salisbury, done UK tours of things and I've loved everything I've done really. There's never been anything I think, oh God, I don't really don't want to go into work today. Mm. What, what did you do within your time off when you get a few months off and stuff? Usually I come home. Like at the mm-hmm. moment, I'm, I am working. So I did an album which came out last month. Yeah, I was listening to it yesterday. Ah, it's very good. Thank you very much. <laughs> it's on iTunes and it Spotify. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I did that. And then I had a couple of concerts and stuff. Um, but I knew that October would be really quiet. Mm-hmm. So I just I started a fitness plan with my friend. I just do things to keep me occupied and keep myself in like good shape. Yeah. Um, keep my Make sure I see my friends because you never know. Well, Even though I may look like free next month, something might come in tomorrow mm-hmm. and I won't be able to see my niece and nephew. So I'm seeing my family and friends as much as I can go for meals. Um, just enjoying being a muggle for a bit. Yeah. And then I have enough stuff. Now I start next, next this week I'm doing children in need. So that's hey, really cool. Yeah. What are you doing for that? So I'm presenting it. Oh, lovely. And singing. So the Cardiff one? Yeah, the Cardiff nice. one. So two in one. But presenting is what I want to go into in the future. Oh, brilliant. I think it's a little bit more sustainable. Like, I don't know about you, but I want a family when yeah. I'm a bit older. And I'd love to be able to keep singing and do musical theatre and films mm-hmm. and travelling the world. But it's taxing. You can't. Like, it's, it's time impossible. consuming. I, I want to be a mother when I'm a mother. Yeah. And I think presenting is something that you can do alongside that. Yeah. There's a lot going on in Cardiff. London's mm-hmm. not too far away. Um, 
and I'm into enough things that I can spread myself, yeah. spread myself out. So yeah, so I'm presenting, which I'm really excited about. And then I'm going on tour with Only Men Allowed, who are a oh. lovely Welsh male voice choir uh, throughout Wales up until late December. And then I'm doing like a show tunes thing between Christmas and New Year, which is like every day, Glasgow, Birmingham, London, bit of traveling. And then when the New Year comes, I think I'll just knuckle down again and just try and make a plan, even though it's impossible yeah. to plan when you don't know what's happening. But think, oh, well, this audition comes up. Let's go for that. If mm-hmm. I get it, that's work from April to next April. So, yeah. But, you know, just have things in place and just accept that if it doesn't come about, you're free and it's fine. And yeah. just you'll, you'll do Sometimes something. Sometimes being will free will open up an opportunity yeah. for something else. Yeah, but that that's the other... You, you mentioned when we were off, Mike, that people in the real world... <laughs> we are in the real but yeah. the, the real, Muggles. real world... <laughs> They don't understand when they ask me, Oh, what are you up to now? They expect me to say, Oh, well, I'm doing this, I'm doing mm-hmm. a film. I'm like, Yeah, I'm going to be the next yeah. Recording with Adele next week. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it's just not how it works. And it's like, No, I'm staring at my phone waiting yeah. for it to ring. Some people still think I'm in The Wizard of Oz. Genuinely. How's Wizard of Oz going? Like, that was yeah. eight, yeah. Years, eight ago. years ago. What? But it's good. Yeah, it's really, yeah, I'm yeah. still in it. Yeah, 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 it's great. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just like a millionaire now. Yeah. yeah, talking yeah. to my scarecrow. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like life just doesn't work like that. And even people in our industry, which I'm, I'm very aware of when I'm speaking to my friends who do the same thing as me, and they're not in work of not being like, yeah. So you know, what's your next job? Or yeah. what are you up to now? And you know, no one means any. It's just the automatic question yeah. you want to but ask. But it's because there's not many people we can relate to. So we can't go to mm. the guy who works in t- our uncle or our cousin. I work in Tesco's or in Lloyd's Bank. Yeah. What are you doing next week? Yeah. Because we probably know the answers <laughs> the same as this week. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas in our lives, it changes so rapidly. Mm. When you can relate with someone who has the same life as you, or when has just become unemployed, you go, mm. "You got any auditions coming yeah. up?" Yeah. Because it's exciting and it's something that you can mm. relate the stress to. Yeah. Um, my girlfriend's family, like, um, they work for a bank. Mm-hmm. And they're the most amazing people, but they always have interviews for like a higher role in their yeah in their job, and they prepare for it like like you've never seen, and they they're so nervous and they're so stressed for it. And I'm like, you know, this is our whole life. Yeah, this is what we've done. For, this is an entertainer's life. Like yeah. every week or every five months or six months or year, it's another audition. I know. And the difference is, ninety nine percent of the ones we do, we don't get. I know. Like so th- and that's like, the bit, <laughs> like, it, it's <laughs> mind-blowing, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, everyone goes, oh, it's got to be so stressful. I've got a job interview. Yeah, yeah. we know. don't get 99% of ours. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it is terrifying. Um, I think at one point it was like 80% of people that do what we do are out of work at one point, at yeah. one time. Might when, even be higher now. That was like 10 years ago. Yeah, when I lived in LA, um, the dancers' union out there had a statistic that only 3% of professional dancers make a living from just dance mm. and to be classed as a professional you have to be signed with an agency oh right so think of the ones which aren't even included in that like three percent only make a living from just that career yeah it's mind-blowing i couldn't get over it. even when i was in wicked some of the ensemble members i physically couldn't have done another job mm-hmm. i couldn't have given my 100 percent in the evening yeah. on the matinees if i was doing another job i, just cu- I was ex- exhausted i couldn't do it um, but they were like teaching classes in the morning. Then they were like working at a bar. Yeah. I was thinking, how? What do you do in the morning? I teach Pilates. Yeah. Like. I was like, what? <laughs> what? I eat breakfast. That is all that I do. And I yeah. go f- and I, I maybe like, yeah, like go to the gym if 
I had a holiday coming up because yeah. <laughs> the show was quite enough. Like, it was really intense. But Speaking of Wicked, tell me about that. How did you get into that? Because that is my favorite musical. Oh, I know. It's so good. It's I've my seen favorite. It, I've well. seen it six times. Yeah, I think... I think I'm only about that, unless mm. I was in it. <laughs> I'm not going to count the times I was in it, because it's like 684 yeah. <laughs> or whatever. Um, but it was it's my favourite musical. Uh, I went to watch it when I was 16 for my birthday and was completely blown away, cried instantly when the overture started and that dragon starts moving. Uh-huh. And Glinda was the role I connected with, because w- me and the cast would always be asked questions about the show when we were in it, you know, you know, tell us a bit about Wicked, the people who don't know about it. Mm-hmm. And there's so many different characters that I do think you will connect with one of them. Yeah. And at that time, it was Glinda, and I still am Glinda. I think when I'm older, maybe it'll be Alphaba, you know, because she's a bit more grumpy. I'm going to mm-hmm. get grumpier as I get older. Um, but I just couldn't believe the audition came through because I was 24, and majority of the time, Glinda's are over 30, yeah. like 32, 33 is like mm-hmm. the normal age. And I thought, okay, they probably want to see me for cover, which is fine. Um, I'm just so excited to be in the room, to be seen by that creative team, yeah. to like have my name spoken in the wicked world was just cool, no, yeah. like whatever happened. So I went and the audition went very well and I dressed all in, you know, pinky clothes, like played the part because <laughs> yeah. they are cut, they're blind. Like if you don't go in looking like what they want, That's they it. can't imagine. Yeah, 100%. So I was thinking, you know, nearly dyed my hair blonde, but didn't, no joke. <laughs> uh, so I go in, did, did what they asked me to do, sang a little bit. And they seemed, you know, instantly, like, you can just tell sometimes. Yeah. They were instantly with me. They instantly wanted me to do well. And that's something I always tell myself. They want, when you go into an audition room, they want, they don't you, want you to, to be, be what they want. Yeah, they, yeah, they don't <laughs> want you to be shy. <laughs> so I went in and they instantly, and the casting director said, after I'd done everything, can you just wait outside? Yeah, no problem. I'm at the, hmm. And I was on tour at the time with Lord of the Dance, but a UK tour. So I'd flown down from Scotland. Um, and... He said, yeah, they really like you. Can you come back in? And that's never happened to me before. I've never been told on the day that I want to be seen again. It's mm. always a phone call from your yeah. agent. So that was... A week later. Yeah, <laughs> like a, uh, 10 months later. Yeah. Am I still involved? Yeah. Am I on hold? What's happening? They're still deciding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, wouldn't be surprised. But yeah, so that happened. And then they knew I was on tour. So they're really accommodating and said, you know, whenever you can come down, pick one of these days and whatever. And then that went well. And then I did a workshop which was like, you're definitely in the finals, but we do mm-hmm. this workshop where we prime you to show you to the Americans and to the rest of the team. And that final audition, I thought was, I thought I was horrendous. I left and I thought I was so much better in the workshop because they put you in front of this camera and everything kind of been more still. Um, and I did everything and I came out and I thought, oh, that was average. But I thought, it doesn't matter because you weren't going to get it anyway. Yeah. So you just did the best you could do on the day. And if, that, you know, whatever comes with it, you did okay, but it wasn't perfect. Well, turns out a couple of weeks later, I get a call, my agent, and I actually looked at it and I thought, oh, that's going to be my no, and I don't yeah, want to know. I don't want to, I'm happy so being I in went, the maybe place. Will I let it go to voicemail? And I went, oh, don't be a baby, pick it up. So I picked it up. Hello. <laughs> and they went, hi. I was like, oh, she's chirpy. <laughs> I went, yeah, how are you? Yeah, I'm really good. And just like, I'd just been, like, I'd been on a night out the night before, I think I was hanging. And she said, um, yes, we've got some good news. We've gone off a few. And I thought, oh, I'm going to get a cover, Glinda. Yeah. On tour. Because they were casting the tour as well. And she was like, yeah, you've been offered the part of Glinda in London. Well, I collapsed. My I mind. collapsed, cried. I was the only person, I was in my parents' house and I was on my own. I remember looking in the mirror, looking at myself, going like, what? 
<laughs> that was the only person yeah. I had to talk to was myself. Rung my mother, like crying. She thought the dog had died because I was like, <laughs> she's like, what? What? Said, Mom, no, no, no. She's like, what's happened to the dog? I'm like, no, I've got Glinda and Wicked. It was just the oh, most amazing feeling ever. Um, so yeah, my life. I went. wish people could see your face even when you tell the I know. story. <laughs> I know. Honestly, my like at the time. I was in a funny, funny mindset. Like a lot of aspects of my life were a bit like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. I've kind of done loads of things and I, I, I hit a point. So when I, obviously when I was 17, 18, I was good for my age. Like yeah. I was, you know, oh, she's only 17 and she can sing really well and she can act pretty decently. Mm-hmm. And then I was going through auditions and just not really getting anything, getting to the finals and just not getting it. And I thought maybe people have just, past me now and I'm mm-hmm. kind of still stuck at the the level that an 18 year old would be yeah. and I'm not quite as good as the people my age now and I had real doubt and my boyfriend would be like he's massively supportive he's like you're amazing he's like honestly don't get because there was a point mm. where I was like I think I might just do something else for you he's like don't 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 and then skip a couple of months and yeah. I think I needed that time. Yeah. To like you, you need the lows because the highs you can't appreciate them otherwise. I agree. I completely agree. You don't appreciate the good stuff until you struggle. Exactly, and I was struggling like mentally. I was like, yeah. I'm over it. And I think, like, even getting rejected from jobs, it sucks, but it teaches you how to cope with things. Yeah. Like, I always found, especially right at the beginning of my career, I'd go to an audition and I'd leave it going did pretty good in that mm-hmm. probably gonna get it yeah and then not hearing anything yeah and i'd be like oh I and I, I didn't know how to handle it oh, no. you know it'd beat you down you'd beat yourself up or yeah. i'd go on a shopping spree that had money i didn't have yeah. or i'd get drunk because totally. i'd be annoyed yeah. and then what you learn is that you just learn to cope with it and i would always give myself one day emotional time with it yeah so i'd do the audition i'd be like i'm gonna hold on to it today but tomorrow i'm gonna wake up and it's gone yeah and do you know what I mean i'd let yeah. myself have that night yeah because there's no point just pretending it, you don't care yeah because that's what some do. people do they go i'm not bothered anyway if i didn't get it no no you do care because yeah, we do. all care because we we've got pride in our craft and mm-hmm. we are passionate about what we do so i'd always just try and hold on to it for like one night and i'd have a little sulk about it i'd have a think about it and then i'd be like cool i've, yeah. be, I've now i can detach because i've had my time mm. and if it comes or if it doesn't what'll be it'll be right yeah exactly definitely and yeah the highs and the lows all come together you can't just have the one well, hopefully, well. <laughs> some, people, some people do have just yeah. lows and some people do have just highs, but, you know, majority of people experience, experience it both. all. Yeah. And, yeah, I've been up for auditions recently um, for things I want to do and for things I'm not sure I want to do. And I still go, every audition is, yeah. is an amazing experience. Um, and when you don't get it, I now I'm a bit older and because I've got the recognition of doing Wicked for two years, it's... I kind of confirmed to myself that yes, you are good enough. You did 100%. the dream. For me, it's now like I don't know what what will like match that. Yeah. I've I had the time of my life. Don't get me wrong, I was knackered constantly, but I was Glinda and Wicked like that. Yeah. I can't like sixteen year old me would literally have a shit fit because that was that was the goal. That was the end goal. Yeah. And I did it at twenty six, which was well, it started at twenty four. As I say, I was yeah. like, so young. Um. Because the lady, my friend Alice, who was Elphaba, was like nine years older than me. Uh-huh. She'd always be like, you're so young. Like, what Alice the hell? Finn. Alice Finn. Mm-hmm. Legend. Mm-hmm. She's amazing. Oh, 
like she used to do my head in because she was so good. <laughs> she'd come in with a cold or a cough and she'd be like, oh yeah, I feel really rough today. And then she'd be like, ah, I'd yeah. be like, yeah, you sound really rough. Yeah, you sound like you've had a bad night. Yeah, <laughs> she's just like technically on point constantly. If she's ill, she knows how to sing. It's yeah. amazing. I've done. I've not come across anybody like her. It's inspiring and annoying at the same yeah. time, right? I'm like, oh, I got a cold. I can't breathe. <laughs> like, let alone sing. The stairs are killing me. Let yeah. alone fucking sing. So she was inspirational and a real like as a cast member, someone that you could all go. She's got the hardest part. In the show. But mm-hmm. to be fair, the dancers, the dancing in Wicked is really difficult. Yeah, and it is hard. It's super bod. awkward, like positions. Yeah. Like pretend you're holding a spoon or something in yeah. there, like it, or. A a wine glass or something yeah. with your hand. Their bodies are broken, but when the you know the four Alice couldn't be off her mark. Mm-hmm. She because every everyone is looking at her all the time. She's green for a start. Yeah, so <laughs> your eyes drift to the green girl, <laughs> and then she's singing like a rock star. So you know she she was a really good person to have at the like center mm-hmm. of your cast to be like, if she's you, and she's coughing up a lung, we need to be here. Yeah, she's like. Amazing. No days off. That's the other thing, isn't it? <laughs> like, there's no days off. There's no, no sick pay. No. Like, obviously, you get a swing if you need yeah. it. There is cover. Yeah. But yeah. the reality is, how often do you use that? If you use it a few times too many, you're mm. probably not going to keep your role. Yeah. Because people aren't paying normally to see the covers or yeah. the swings. I know, which is which is mad, because our covers are phenomenal. Oh, well. and there's, that's nothing but against yeah. covers, but it's just not what they're advertised when they buy no. a ticket normally. So I, we I didn't get sick days. I, I used to get docked if I was off. Mm. And last year I was really unlucky, and I caught what started off as like felt like laryngitis, mm-hmm. and then it was like a chesty thing. And I was off for a week, and then I was like completely out out of it. I was off the show for three and a half weeks. I had bronchitis. Oh wow! They questioned pneumonia like it was horrendous, and I was thinking, I'm never. I how do I how do I get back to the show because. I'm so stressed at the mm. fact that I'm not there, that I'm not improving. I'm just staying in this like illness because I can't just relax. relax. Um, I got put on steroids. I was on like an asthma pump. It was horrendous. And I went back to the show, still very unwell. Yeah. But I thought I have to. I just have to go have back. To fight I got through. no. I got no money coming in. Like yeah. I have to go back. Um, but to, you know, touch wood, I haven't had an illness like that. That was like last September. So. I don't know where it came from, but London is like a pit of germs. Oh, completely. So, yeah. Especially theatre. Like, oh, it's like everyone's sweat backstage dust. and everyone, do you know what I mean? Like it's dust. The, dirt, yeah. the oldest buildings in I central know. London when you're rolling I around. Up, so I st- if you haven't seen Wicked, I start in this big contrap metal bubble thing. From the sky. From the sky. So your preset yeah. up, in, up in the flies. And it was you're there so for a while. dusty. It's, it's not that long. So the overture starts and the curtain is in. Mm. So I get sent up like two two or three seconds before mm. the overture starts. So I basically yeah. am up there just as late as I need mm. to be. Um, so it's probably like a minute and a half, something mm. like that. Which first, first show felt like a week. Forever. I was like, really dry mouth. <laughs> like really dry. Someone <laughs> check me up a bottle of water. What's my opening line? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Well, that... Oh, There'd be times where I get into my own head. I would have done this show like 300, 400 times. And I think, I don't know what I'm doing. I literally haven't got a clue. Now I'm thinking about it, what I'm doing. My body's been doing this for 300 shows. And now I don't know where I am. (laughs) And honestly, there's this little, I have like the tiniest bit of dance moves in there. And there was, it's called Alphabet's Dancer. For people, again, if people haven't seen it, I do this little dance and Alphabet joins in. It's like a friendship bonding Mm -hmm. thing. And... 
I just went, I haven't got right. a clue what this is. In in the in the Oz Dust Ballroom and yeah. then we go into the popular scene. Um and I looked at it and I I was thinking, I generally don't know what the first move is. So I just started moving. And I mean, everyone on stage is like pissing themselves laughing and I'm like having this mini heart attack on stage <laughs> thinking, I don't know, there's two thousand people looking at me and I'm just like moving like an octopus. <laughs> I was just like, Oh shit. What and, I- and she was like what the <laughs> hell are you doing and she has to like copy me so and she luckily she just used her initiative and, and did the moves and then i went that's what it is there yeah, it is thank and then you very much the next day then i had to like rehearse it and warm up and stuff thinking come on you've done this show through you know what you're doing but it's mad your mind can play little tricks on you doubted yourself for one second yeah, and I was it's like, like oh no <gasps> what is it <laughs> i've got this thing that if when we're about to go on stage if someone goes What's that bit again? And ask me a question. I go, go away. Middle finger. Go away. Bye-bye. Don't start questioning me as we're walking on. No, no. Like, don't make me think about it. No. Yeah, it's horrible. Your mind, oh, God. Yeah, it makes me sick thinking about it. Because then as soon as I try and go over it, I go, oh, I don't know. No, unless, yeah, unless you're in it. it. Like, people used to ask me, what's that line after that? And I go, "Uh, unless I'm in the run of the show, I don't generally can tell you. Because it just happens. No, in the, I could, now looking back, I can tell you everybody's lines. Like, I yeah. know, I knew the whole show, but in the moment, and, oh, it would be the fun, like, so many things went wrong on stage, and I hit, like, bum notes, some. and I used to forget words a lot, and just, like, make stuff up. <laughs> and, I mean, when the audience wouldn't have noticed, when you're doing the show eight times a week with the same people, they are all just, like, crying, laughing, yeah. and you're thinking, oh, I look like such a end. But um, one time, so at the end of the show, uh, we do a little reprise of For Good, I'm in the bubble and she's she's doing whatever she's doing. And um I sing like a really high note and then mm. I uh oh god, I can't even think what it is now when I go Yeah, I know what it is. I go, Because I knew you and uh-huh. I went like Because and they were like huh? The M D looked up at me like I had five heads and I was like don't know where that came from just like slipped up four notes higher yeah. than i needed to and yeah that was awful yeah, like in lord that. of the dance i fell onto my ass like on a broadway stage nice that was that was a proud moment for me Good. but they're the ones which always you never in the moment it's the worst thing ever mm. but after it you look back and you go that was priceless Do you know what? at the time because i had dancers on there and they were all like chuckling so basically, I had these like heels on, which had laces on the front, mm-hmm. and I used to pre- the last song in Lord of the Dance. I used to think I was Beyonce. It's like this like poppy rock song, and I had this like cute little sequin, sequin dress on, and I'd like strut around the stage singing. And the last bit is I walked to the front of the stage in a fr- in a front li- in a straight line, and I walked to the back of the stage like crossing your uh-huh. leg, like you know, proper sassy walking. Feeling it. Yeah, really feeling it. And my heel from my right foot went through the loop of the lace on the left foot. So I became one foot. <laughs> How close were you walking I know. Together? I was like, there's a thin line and I'm walking down it. <laughs> and I just went hands, ass over tit, hands on knees, ass to the audience, like short skirt, drop the mic, boom, onto the stage. At least they knew it was live, so that was nice. Yeah. And then I always used to do this, like, Beyonce, like a Beyonce, like, turn. Yeah. Like, flick my hair around. And I thought, you just have to do it. Like, just do it, even though you fall, and get back up, walk, and do it. And I did, and I went... Yeah, that didn't even happen. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the audience like, you all, that was a trickery. Yeah. I didn't fall. Yeah. <laughs> it's an illusion. Yeah, so, yeah. I've had many a mishap. But it's all, it always happens to me, and I kind of have taken that role on as the mm. class clown. Nice. It's fine. But when you have eight shows a week, those things are what keep it exciting, isn't oh, it? Yeah, like if it was, if it. every show was perfect and no. everyone did exactly the same yeah. run every night, 
it'd get boring. It so would. Those things where you see someone slip or <sighs> someone makes you giggle or something goes wrong. I honestly live for those moments. They were the magic moments where you and your like really good friends mm-hmm. are in an amazing show and no one else would know. And they like come on with their wig on back to front and it's literally the littlest thing and it's, you find it the funniest yeah, thing. And no one else knows. No one knows and you're in hysterics like nearly peeing yourself. Yeah. And and they are mortified and oh, it's fabulous. I love, that's what I miss the most, I think, being part of a group and part yeah. of a cast and belonging to a troop of yeah, people. Yeah, I agree. Um, my friend, I don't know if you know him, Philip Joel. He's a choreographer Ooh, and a performer. Nice. He put on um, Twitter yesterday, I think it was, and what you just said is completely right. He was like, everyone kind of turning their nose up at pantomime at the moment, like because yeah. it's panto season and it's the most employed time of year for performers yeah it's to be a performer panto is the best time of year mm-hmm. and he's like everyone turns their nose up for it and i was I, i've said it many times i was like i've danced for justin bieber i've done all these amazing artists and i've mm. been around the world and i've done all these huge platforms and to date my favorite job is pantomime in stoke yeah <laughs> purely because of the people you're with yeah and you know that's it what it's about it's about feeling like a a little a little tight-knit family isn't yeah, it yeah it is definitely and i did make friends for life and you know the social side of it is just as it, you're lucky to have that nice social side and london what, what better place to be than london yeah. for the social aspect there's so much going on and so much ways to spend your wages oh no <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an expensive so will rinse you freedom, freedom is maybe that's who we've met maybe freedom I live in freedom like the amount so I'm all about having, don't get me wrong, I love a drink. I really yeah. do. And it has got me in some pickles. Yeah. But who, you know. I think it's a Welsh I'm a normal thing. put, yeah, it's normal. Um, but I always want people to be having a good time. So mm-hmm. if I'm out um, and I'm drunk, I'm like, you all need to be as drunk as me. So I buy bottles mm-hmm. and bottles of drink. Mm-hmm. And I'm like pouring it around people's mouths. Yeah. Jager bombs are like my nemesis, but also like my favorite thing ever. So I'll buy like often you'll see me with a tray of like forty egg bombs just being like, Who's having a egg bomb? And just go around the club and like giving them to people and free like freedom I've spent like honestly, oh. if I found I think I'd like be so depressed. Yeah. But even but I've been like I was like that in freedom, even at like twenty two when I had mm. no income. Yeah. I'd be like Everyone should go out. Oh, I'm skin. We're only going freedom. It'll be a quick one. Yeah, all right then. Yeah. Next thing, yeah. overdraft. Oh, oh like, shite. Oh, shite. Or yeah. someone's lent me money so I can yeah. get steaming in there. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'm networking. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> to be fair, yeah. I will always see someone in there that can either give me a job, lose me a job, or work with them. A hundred percent. I don't know why it's like that whether you when it first opened it was initially four performers i don't know i'm not sure but I, everyone goes there the first time we went i ever went there um we just ended up going there because it was empty and there was drag queen on downstairs okay and it was me and all my straight friends <laughs> <laughs> I mean, everyone's dancers some yeah. from west end and stuff and we went out and we ended up in there and we ended up on stage and we called ourselves the Ford and Horses and it's on <laughs> it's on YouTube or Facebook somewhere and we're all absolutely steaming and my friend is pretending to sing and we're all like dancing oh around God. and we had the best night yeah. ever. So we just ended up going back ever since and we'd yeah. be like to people, this must have been 2010. Maybe you started it. I don't want to put that claim no. out there, but <laughs> yeah. maybe. Yeah. And then we'd always be like, let's go to Freedom again. And yeah. we'd just get more and more people to go. Yeah. And it, I feel like 2010 was the first time I ever went there. Like, and 
ever since you go there now and there's a, a dancer or someone i know it's amazing they put on really like good little shows and the vibe in there i just love it. it's always like especially when i went back to london to being wicked i had made loads of friends when i was in wizard of oz and this was like maybe five or six years later and i'd go there it's like a reunion mm. you'd see like half of your old cast and your choreographer might be in there and yeah it was really yeah. cool i to be honest yeah shout out to freedom but yeah I don't think I've been given a free drink there yet, so I'm like, I can stop spending money now. I think the last time I was there, they wouldn't let me in. Oh, I was that drunk. That's dark. That's the dark. bouncer, what's the bouncer's name? Old short guy. I want to say Andy. Okay, yeah. And yeah. he wouldn't let me in. He's like, you're too drunk, and I was like, I'm, I'm not. I don't too know drunk. what you mean. I'm Claire. not too drunk. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not too drunk. You're a dick. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, you're definitely not coming in. Oh, oh no, good laugh though. But yeah, London's an amazing city, but Cardiff's the place to be. It is. I'm, I'm just putting that claim out there because there's so much going on here now, and. The, the people are just so nice. Yeah, and we've got the best theatre. Oh, we do. I went to watch 9 to 5 the other day because my was friend was in it. Yeah, it's really good. The ensemble were phenomenal. Um, And my friend Amber Amber Davis mm-hmm. was in it and she was exceptional as well. Um, And Caroline Sheen was also Welsh. So it was really nice. Took took my boyfriend and we loved it. Yeah, it was really fun, really funny. I want to go see it. Yeah, it's good. I will definitely go see but it. But the Millennium Centre is probably one of the only theatres I've seen hundreds around the UK it's one of the only ones that I think lives up and exceeds the, Lon- the London theatres. Yeah. Well, it's new. It's, it's like stunning. A n- it's beautiful. Yeah. Whereas the London ones, you look at them, you go, they're beautiful, they're a bit old and a bit dirty. Yeah. And the seats, if you sat at the top, are horrific. Horrendous, I've got, you know, yeah. like, Leaning yeah. forward, Oof, your knees are hurting. Yeah. Whereas there's not a bad seat in the house at the Millennium Centre. Yeah, they really thought about it, didn't they? So, yeah, yeah it's, we are very lucky. The opportunities around you, you know, there's like Chapter Arts just around mm-hmm. the corner. Um, we've got the new theatre, the new BBC Studios. They've got yeah. the film and, doc, you know, Doctor Who's down the bay and... There's just a lot going on. I think Hobby City's down there as well. Yeah. So, you know, There's the opportunities good are here. At, uh, drama schools here as well. The well, the Royal Welsh is yeah, amazing. That's meant to be really... That's I where I would have people, wanted to go. I know a few people that have gone there and they've yeah. said it's fantastic. Yeah, we're very, very lucky. We've got Rubicon for dance, but it's yeah. not like... It's a very, very beginner. It's where I first ever went. It's like oh, super cute. foundation. Yeah. But I do think we need a... Like a... Kind of like a London kind of college yes. or like, you know, like well, a studio centre or a lanes or something. But when in Cardiff. Let's open it. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'll do the singing and the ballet because yeah, obviously I'm perfect. really good at You're it. Good. And tap. And tap. <laughs> and then you can cover <laughs> whatever <Yeah>. else. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, that's another thing. I would love to open a drama school when I'm older. Like, because, again, it's thinking about sustainable stuff uh-huh. when I'm old. Well, do you know the building? You know the Millennium Centre? Mm-hmm. There's a building which looks like an old bank or something. And it's opposite, like, where Sainsbury's is. You've got yeah. the Millennium okay. Centre. Yeah, yeah, and then yeah. you've got the, whatever, that big, nice, empty section where nothing happens is mm-hmm. there. And then you've got the road, and you go left towards, like, Tesco's. Yes. There, there's a huge building. Is and there? it is beautiful. And really? it's so grand and What's royal. I don't know, but it's like a, it's like government property. Oh, like one of those I ones know. that you can't knock with, down. With the clock on it. Yeah. Yeah. And I always look at that and go, that would make a great dance college. Oh, my God, it would. Because yeah. I believe it's empty. Is it? Mm. Oh, well. I don't know if we'll be able to get enough loans. Government funding. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you're making all these cuts. Yeah. Let's get, you know, a bit more in the drama department. <laughs> what are you going to give us? <laughs> yeah. They look at us like we're yeah. aliens. Well, we could do well. Wales do well. We'll get Lucy Jones down. Exactly. Get some She's Welsh a good friend sheets. of mine, so we get her in. Get oh, there's Welsh plenty sheets. of us. There's plenty of us. It, to, we like, could just do run it by there. Welsh people and it'd yeah. be fine. If you know Welsh. <laughs> yeah. 
you can't be involved in no something. you have to get a daffodil or a dragon yes. tattoo don't you <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, if you could give any advice to someone wanting to make a career in this mm. what would it be resilience is key um not to stop start like stop before you get going but i've got friends that came into this who knew they weren't very resilient and it's been nothing but trauma for them <laughs> so you know if you if you really do enjoy it make sure you're resilient enough and test yourself and put yourself out there but um my biggest thing is be kind to everyone that you meet in this industry you the, the famous saying people who meet on the way up you'll meet on the way down mm-hmm. like you ex- like uh what was i gonna say then like appreciate every opportunity that comes your way and yeah be kind and don't take anything for granted work hard amazing yeah thank you so much for being on my podcast you're welcome thank it's you. been a pleasure yeah Lovely it's been fun you. we need to arrange to go out and have some jaeger bombs oh yeah i know i'm kind yeah i'm teetotal for a minute are you no no i'm totally lying, no, you're lying. Nah. i just when i got stuff coming up i try I to like try be to a be bit good. sensible because this time of year as i say colds mm-hmm. Yeah, it's my worst Ill. nightmare. It is. Like, it's just not okay. I get December and I go, I've got two months off. <gasps> Do you always get two months off in yeah. December? I've got Christmas off this year for the first time in like six years. You haven't got a show. No. That's I've got a show the day after Boxing Day, but that's fine. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. You've got Boxing Day to recover. Yeah. I've got Christmas Eve, Christmas Day and Boxing Day off, which yeah. is like, <laughs> I have not that for like years and years and years so I'm so excited it's the dream yeah amazing well thank you so much thank you and everyone can find you on social media at Sophie Evans official yeah that's my Instagram my Twitter is Sophie Evans Mm -hmm. Uh, I want Sophie Evans on Instagram but someone's got it and they don't use it it's inactive which is really annoying Um, (laughs) yeah so if that person's listening please delete your account so I can have Sophie Evans as a handle (laughs) thank you Uh, yeah so you can find me on there and then yeah my album's on iTunes and Spotify and Apple Music and I listened to it yesterday it's very lovely I really enjoyed your cover of Shallow as well. Thank you very much. It was very yeah, good. thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.